earlier this week, we heard the sudden passing of Jules fan Kanan O'Dell. We were lucky to spend time with Kanan during away games at seasons gone by, and he was always a positive and genuine nice guy who lifted the spirits of those around him with ease. 28 is certainly no age, and we send our thoughts to all those close to Kanan during this deeply sad and horrible time. As we always say, it is really, really important to talk. And if you can't always talk to other people, make sure you're always talking or trying to talk to people close to you. Mental health is and will always be a, an illness that every single one of us at some point throughout our life struggle with. And tonight's episode is dedicated to Kanan and his family as Kanan sadly leaves behind a two-year-old daughter. But our love is to go to Kanan, Kanan's family and friends at this time. As we say, tonight's episode is dedicated to Kanan O'Dell. Um, yeah, let's welcome all to the ME7 podcast then. Um, we'll start with we'll start with uh, Lewis and Tom. Lewis, good evening, mate. Firstly, how are you? Evening, James. I'm, I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. Some really nice words there. Obviously, some some really really sad news, but um, yeah. Our thoughts, obviously, with with Kanan's family, family and friends. But yeah, hope everyone, hope everyone's doing all right on this Thursday evening. Yeah, thank you, Lewis. Tom, how are you, buddy? Yeah, all good here. Cheers. Just just to echo what Lewis said. Obviously, you know whether you knew knew Kanan or not. Obviously, you know his his kind of passion for the jewels can't be underestimated. And I think, obviously, as you say, we we need to take take you know in taking what, what message is there that you kind of shared. But, yeah, all good here and, and evening, everybody. Good, good. OK. Um, yeah, let's get on to... Let's get on to... On, on to Jules then. Um, yeah, and, and, and back to the... Back to the start of the week. Um, yeah, we, it's been, it has been a... It has been a quiet... A, a quiet news week um, for Jules. But... Um, yeah, Lewis, we'll start with you then. As we go into, I guess, as we go into this week, looking back, obviously the the, the game on Saturday. I know we, I know we re- reviewed it on on the podcast and and everything else. But obviously, we are we are eight games in currently, top of the league. Um, saw a much better performance from Jules on Saturday. How are you feeling heading into this week against Doncaster? Yeah, I suppose you're right. Really, it has been a relatively quiet week. Um, no midweek game or anything like that. Um, senior game, anyway, I suppose. Uh, yeah, all right. To be fair, I was very, very um, sort of frustrated after the, the Harrogate win, which sounds weird. You know, it was a win that took us to the top of the league. It divided the fan base like mental, really. Uh, before that, as well, I suppose, about how we were approaching games and how we were. Um, performing in the games. I was very frustrated after the Harrogate game. I thought it was a team we should have beat comfortably. Um, you know, everyone wants to see us blow away the teams that I suppose you would assume are going to be at the other end of the table with different aspirations to us. That didn't happen. I thought we played really, really poorly in that game. It was the te- I think it, at the time it was the two lowest scorers in the league. 
which really, really showed. And we obviously got the relieving goal at the end from Sean Williams, who um, probably had one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life, to be fair. But I thought he was much, much better on Saturday. I thought he was a, one of the best players on the pitch, if not the best as well, along with his partner, Ethan Coleman. Um, Saturday was good. I had a different view to the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. I sat in the midway upper uh, with my partner for the game rather than the rain amend. And I've not sat there a long time. And it really allowed me to view the whole pitch from a more tactical side of things. And I thought we were very good. We moved the ball a lot better. We um, really threatened in the first half. I think their goal came against a run of play, an unfortunate error, I think, from Colin Masterson. Um, and yeah, I think we literally controlled the game. The second half, I suppose, was more of what we've seen this season. But after the game, I sort of found myself coming round to the acceptance almost of how we're going to be this year of, you know, we might have one of the best squads in the league. We might be aiming for promotion and be hoping for promotion and be top of the league, but we're not going to blow teams away. You can tell that by our goal difference, I suppose. Every now and again, we might get a result like Colchester or Grimsby slash performance, I suppose. But if we're going to grind out results, then I suppose at the end of the day, when we're all on the pitch at Priestfield in May or, you know, lifting a trophy, something like that, then we can't have any, any complaints ultimately. Yes, it'd be nice to blow teams away and win comfortably. I think no football fan can be criticised for wanting to go to a game and see their team playing playing football. But you know, when the final whistle goes and we've got three points, I suppose that's all that matters really. And I'm coming around to that realization now that maybe we're not going to be too pretty, but we are going to win games and be up there coming in, come the end of the year. And a nice game on paper this weekend. After that, it gets a little bit tougher. I suppose that's when we will see what we're made of and whether we're going to be able to do this against tougher teams. I don't know what the stat is now after the Morgan game, but I think before that, we had the second easiest start um, to the league out in terms of position of opponents. And, um, yeah, when it gets a bit harder, I suppose we'll see we'll see what we're made of. But, yeah, you can't complain we're top of the league, you know. That's, that's all we want, I suppose. Yeah, Tom... Um... Yeah, I guess how are you how are you feeling this week heading into well I suppose Lewis yeah, Lewis has said it is that um on paper <laughs> it suggests that this is gonna be one of the games that Jill's are relishing in front of them in terms of picking up picking up points, but I guess like like Neil Harris said, there's no easy game in League Two, is there? No, and, and without being negative, we are, you know, horrendous for playing against teams that are on really, really bad runs and then they, they come up against us and, and, and that run ends. Um, realistically, I, I still think our away from home mentality, you know, isn't quite there. Obviously, we have won at, at Crawley and Sutton already and, and they were kind of sort of slender victories. And to echo what Lewis has said, I think I think Neil Harris, a Neil Harris team from his time at Millwall especially, they 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 weren't going and beating teams three four five nil and putting them to the sword. They were going, you know, against better teams and winning one nil by by digging in and scrapping for every ball and scrapping for every goal, um, and that was effective in that league. And I think he's kind of taken that into this, you know, into this season too. If you look at last week, for example, you know. The, the first half we were excellent and I think you know every, everybody could agree that the football that we played was much better than we've seen so far this season the second half was a complete non-event like you know apart from the sending off there was nothing really that happened 
I can't I can't place there being many chances that we had. Um, Morecambe didn't really stretch the game that much. So realistically, the second half last week was just a bit of a, you know, just kind of shut up shop a little bit. Um, even though we bought on two strikers and kind of you know the formation would indicate that we were still going for going for the win. Um, we just didn't didn't really sort of we just limped over the line a little bit and I think you know what Lewis has said is right we are going to do that a lot this season because ultimately that's probably how how a lot of champions do it you know there's not many League Two champions that will run away with the league by playing super attractive stuff you know they will they will go to to you know you know they'll go to to teams that maybe are difficult on paper and and they'll beat them you know just by skin their teeth. I think Doncaster will be similar. I think we'll, we'll go there. He said they're they're on a bad run, but realistically, every bad run has to end sometimes. So we've got to be really careful of that, not and not think, oh, you know what? It's on paper, it's easy, and and get complacent. Um, we just need to go to go there and do our job. And if we do our job, nothing else can can re matter really. Yeah, Lewis. Tom makes an interesting point about this away away mentality um i suppose yeah we have we have probably got to sort this out so i, I know obviously we've we've beaten stop we've won over obviously three three away games already this season um so i suppose on paper the the, the away from this season isn't too bad but it's it's interesting isn't it is that obviously we we saw it at, we we certainly saw it at grinsby well we do come up against these Sides that are in a torrid run of form, certainly away from home, and some for some unknown reason, we end up becoming Santa Claus of League Two, and we end up gift giving. Um, is it a, is it a slight concern, or is it is it just sometimes it's a one off, and then and then we get back on track? I think it's a concern. Yeah, I think Tom makes a really good point about the mentality. It sort of um, turned a lot on in my head when he mentioned it because I think. I'm not, I'm not seeing Harris's full interview from today, but I know the club tweeted out a quote about the mentality away from home and how he likes to approach it. And like his comments about the first goal the other week, it sort of left me a bit like, oh, come on, like, come on, we're going, we're going away to the bottom of the league. We can, we can beat them comfortably, you know what I mean? But that's his way. Um, I think last year we seemed to have got a little bit of a monkey off our back with getting results away from home when we won at Salford. Um, we got that late point against Bradford and obviously we won our first three away games this season. thought the result and performance at Stockport on the first day of the season, you know, time will tell how, how well they're going to do this year. They started in a similar vein last year and ended up, you know, doing really well overall in terms of a league finish. Um, so I think time will tell, but I thought that was a really good performance against the team that is fancied for promotion slash the league title um, maybe still is and then we grinded out results against well we beat Sutton in a really ugly performance against a physical side um, I wasn't at Crawley but from what I've read and seen back we weren't we weren't our best we were second best that day and we're lucky to get a result really um, I think maybe it's a, just a bit different away from home in terms of the way Harris likes to approach it where we're going to be nitty gritty and grind out these wins rather than, than beat teams you know, maybe the away, you know, the traditional away mentality is that anyway. So maybe that just enforces it even more and just makes it a little bit tougher because we're away from home. But I'm expecting a win this weekend. I don't think there's any reason anyone shouldn't be. Although, you know, last time, first place, 
bottom in this league, it went horribly wrong on the that miserable afternoon during the Colchester game. So you suppose you can't take anyone lightly, but at the same time, you know, we're top there bottom. I think we should be confident and sometimes it can wind me up seeing these managers um say stuff like that. I know they don't necessarily always think what they say in the press or they're not going to disrespect their opponent, but sent to my friend earlier as well, he's a Chelsea fan and he just said it sounded like Graham Potter who um, used to sort of not talk down the club but used to say like you know we need to be wary rather than you know we're Chelsea we're going to win this game and you know it, it's a tough league league too but we're we're Gillingham we want promotion they're Doncaster they're bottom of the league we should be going to win this game um, I don't think Harris's approach is always that man up but you know if, if we win 1-0 from a scrappy last minute penalty I don't really care to be honest anymore I don't want to keep getting these three points and um I don't think why there's a reason why we shouldn't be looking to to do that and expecting to do that on Saturday. Yeah, um, it obviously yeah. Let 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 let's get get on to um, the injury worries, um, and and they are they are injury worries. Um, obviously, we had the we had the B team B team game in the week, um, and. And unfortunately, Ollie Hawkins, um, from from what Neil Harris said, yeah, didn't even last, didn't even last last the first half. He he come off, and I've, I've read a couple of comments on on Facebook, and and apparently um, people that were there and went along to watch the game, Ollie Ollie broke down in tears after, and 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 even Harris said that, um, yeah, it's obviously it's obviously really really affected. Ollie and he's, he's every every emotion going. Um, yeah, Tom, this is a problem with Ollie now, isn't it? Is that the fact that he can't even get through one half of football with breaking down again? Um, and and yeah, it's. I hope it's not. I hope it's not going down the similar route of Ollie Lee. But he's getting himself fit and then just breaking down again. Yeah, it's a straight one, isn't it? Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier. I think it does draw comparisons to the Ollie Lee situation, obviously. With Ollie Lee, like, you know, he was in the squad one minute and then he was out for the next sort of few weeks and we never really understood exactly what it was that was going on until the announcement came out about him retiring. Obviously, it was a bit bit of a shock to us. And we obviously, you know, I know that he appeared on the ped- on the podcast and spoke more in depth about his, his, his situation. But with Ollie Hawkins, you know, from what I I've read about, you know, the injury that that, that Neil said that said that he's got, it's not something that's going to go away, and he can recuperate from. It's going to need to be um, managed really well. So I was I was surprised when I saw that he was in the in the sort of eighteen last week, and he was in the the starting lineup for the B team game. I I didn't think we'd see him this side of Christmas. I, you know, honestly, I thought he'd need to take more time to recover it, but. At the same time, I guess you can't know what the extent of the damage is until you you try and play football. You know, try and do your day job. And obviously, from from those people that have seen him at the game, and and he's 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 not lasted that long. And obviously, you know, the, the after effects of what's happened, it does look bad. Um, the situation, I guess, with him is that would we rather, you know, can 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 we sort of allow him to take more time out of the game to? to sort out what the issue is or does does he need to kind of almost be testing it out more regularly to see if it is something that he can work with because 
I, I think he's, a, he's you know, the wrong side of 30 now. He This may be make or break for his career, um, which is a shame because, you know, a lot of people have been crying out for him as, as being something, somebody that can really impact, you know, our season positively up front. But you need to be very careful with him now because you can't rush him back and, and um, you know, ultimately damage it damage it more. Um, but as far as he's concerned, he, he's a footballer. He, he wants to play. Um, so yeah, Neil's comments today don't don't look good. Um, to, for him to sort of say, I don't know when we're going to see him again, um, indicates that obviously you know it's real real difficult situation, and it does as you say, you know, Ollie Lee's injury. We we kept on saying that we didn't know when when he'd be back. We couldn't say anything right now. So fingers crossed, it, it isn't going to fall in the same category. But all of the signs do point to a similar similar problem. Yeah, look. Oh, Lewis, uh, Lewis is back. Um, yeah, yeah, Lewis. What's your what's your thoughts on Ollie, on the Ollie, Ollie Hawkins situation? I'm a massive fan of Ollie Hawkins. I, I think I've said on the show before. I don't know if it was because he came in when our target man before that was Mikel Mandrel and how how bad he was and how much of a contrast he was. But I'm a massive fan of um, him as a player. I was before he was at Gillingham um, when he got his move to Ipswich first of all I was really really keeping an eye on him and I thought it was an absolutely fantastic signing when he came in obviously with uh, George Lapsley from Mansfield and I think he made such a difference with Tom Nichols last season he was part of that breath of fresh air um, going forward you know he's not necessarily an actual goal scorer neither is Tom but you know he got a couple of important goals his hold up play is absolutely fantastic and I think he was going to be a really important player this year. The target man is always important to Neil Harris. Um, we've seen that the last few games with McCauley Bond somewhat playing more of that role. Um, perhaps more than he would like at times, I suppose. But um, quite important for someone to to play that role, I suppose. And that just shows what a miss Hawkins has been. It was this horrible news to read today that he came off in tears and that he's going to be out for a while. Like... Like Tom said, I didn't think we'd see him for a few months yet, so I'm very surprised. Obviously, the decision has been made by the professionals, you know, whether he does need to test it or whether he needs to rest it. Um, and I suppose at this time, the, the wrong decision was made for, for whatever reason. And sounds as if it's going to be serious. Again, we don't really know what the injury is. Something to do with his foot. Um, some sort of, you know, diagnosis that isn't, isn't good, I suppose. And it's a shame, I obviously think, if he... You know, it depends on what the injury is. If you take that in isolation, he's not going to come back for a while now. You know, I suppose hopefully now we are in that situation where you hope that he can get back to his best and back to full fitness at some point, um, given his age and, and, and that sort of thing. So, massive shame, I think, is very important. I suppose we're lucky that we've got three uh, decent sort of strikers on our books with Bond, Nichols and Madison. I see today there's talk that Lewis Walker might go out alone to a non-league club, but he might get a chance to prove his worth to the squad um, coming back from fitness. So, yeah, it's a massive shame. I think he's going to be a really important player and a massive fan of his. And I suppose you just wish him all the best because if he came off in tears, you know, that's, that's quite serious. It's not just your football career, it's your health as well. So, yeah, not too ideal, but fingers crossed for positive news down the line. Yeah, OK. Um, stand, stand on a striker front. Um yeah, Tom, I thought we saw the best of Macaulay Bond last week. Um, 
and so did and 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 so did Neil Harris. Um, Neil said that yeah, he deserved to go off. Thought he was excellent leader of the line. Um, he put in a strong performance. He's finishing and training as a joke, and and he basically wants to get Macaulay back to that number nine that Leighton Orient had. Um, yeah. What's your thought, overall thoughts on Macaulay at the moment, Tom? I, I like him and I'm really keen for him to do well. I, I do think he obviously had a lot of faith in him because he wouldn't be playing him over. I know that, that, that Nichols hasn't been totally fit recently, um, but Nadison's been, been, been in decent form and looked dangerous. So for him to displace both of those strikers must mean that Neil Harris does really believe in him especially as he said before that he likes playing with two strikers. Um, so for him to kind of defy the personnel and, and kind of formation to play him up front by himself, he must really have faith in Bon as a striker. Um, it was obvious that he wasn't fit at the start, but, you know, he, he was a few weeks behind and a few weeks in, in pre-season terms is, is really kind of, you know, it really shows, doesn't it, in in, in players that haven't had that, that same kind of, platform to build on so um the goal will come absolutely will you know i i think you can always go back and look at last year and the and the lack of goals but i think the lack of service to those players up front was just as key and it does it doesn't get spoken about as much if if your strikers aren't getting service no matter how good they are if they can't do it all by themselves so realistically now you've got of, I think we've got very dangerous fullbacks who can give good service to Bond in the box, and he does look dangerous in the air. Um, you've got the likes of Mahoney and Johnny Williams, who were much, much better last week, um, a pair of them. So the goal will come, and whether he plays as a, as a lone striker or, or, or as a two, I think, A, we've got the flexibility now to accommodate him in the role that he's best in, and B, we've got the options to be, all right, well, if he needs a bit of support, we can put another player up up top with him um i really want him to do well because you know he come in with a lot of i think unfair criticism because his face it people need need a scapegoat these days don't they no matter no matter what and if a striker is not scoring goals every single day then they kind of get unfair treatment sometimes but um yeah it's clear to see that that neil likes him and and you know to put him in from the start in the last i think two league games now um shows that he's really you know kind of on his side and I think it's a lot, like a lot of people you know when when strikers start start scoring one or two goals the rest will follow so um I really hope he does continue to play um because he has got a lot of attributes and let's face it if he can could stay fit it wasn't too long ago that he was banging goals in in this league so yeah I, I don't think he's too far away now Lewis what's your thoughts on McCauley yeah I really like him as well um I think it showed the desire to get him in during pre-season, how long we waited slash negotiated, I suppose, from when he was sort of pictured in a shirt um, in a dugout in the opening training, open training session, even before that, I suppose, to when he signed. And he was pretty much the finishing finishing part of our jigsaw, the final part of our jigsaw in terms of the strike options we had with the sort of natural number nine in Bond the deep line, number nine, if you like, that likes to get involved in play with Nichols, the target man in Hawkins, and then, you know, the sort of backup number nine, if you like, in, in Lewis Walker. Um, and obviously the pace of Ashton Addison as well. So I think, I think he, he's <clears throat> a very good player. He's rated very highly. Um, I think there were a lot of questions about him when he came in for some reason. I don't know if that's because he was playing when, as Tom says, he clearly wasn't fit. 
Um, I think Nichols is probably not fit as well now, by the way. He's playing, he's not fit, but um, still involved if you, if you can. But yeah, I think now he's getting there to fitness. Um, he has, again, as Tom says, dropped to the sort of striker back almost to play as number 10. Um, with George Lapsley going off against uh, Morecambe at the weekend, uh, who was having a great game as well, by the way. And at the time, I thought it was just a sort of change in personnel to try and get to score a few more goals, you know, going off from Nichols and Addison to Bond and just switching it up. But maybe Bond is the striker that Harris really does see as the one that can be our goal scorer this season. I don't see why not at all. He's got a lot of great attributes. Harris has mentioned his finishing abilities and training. I think he's great in the air and he works hard as well. So he's got the reputation, he's got the ability. Again, yeah, I really hope he does well too. I'm a massive... Um, Massive sort of optimist when it comes to Macaulay Bond. I'd like to see him get another start of the weekend. Maybe that will be with um, Nichols or Madison with, you know, Lapsley now injured, um, even if it is for the short term. But yeah, really like him. And I think he's, you know, he got a lot of criticism for some reason, or I suppose he'd stick a car on the wall. But apart from that, he got a lot of criticism for, for no reason, in my opinion. And um, I really want to see him do well. I think, I think I've been impressed so far, especially the. From the Leighton Orient game onwards, I've been been very impressed by him. Okay, um, yeah, this weekend we head to Doncaster, um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a Doncaster team that none of us expected. Um, certainly, the early parts that are of the season to be to be struggling, um, but they are. They're they're just outside the. The lead to a relegation zone, um, and and obviously Neil Harris was asked about it in the week, um, and, and and yeah, and 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 Harris said it's quite bizarre when you look at Doncaster and you look at the squad they've got and what they've recruited towards, and they are towards the bottom of the league. Grant is obviously a new manager there, um, right? Yeah, and and basically just said that it, it is a bizarre league. Wrexham spanked Grimsby and how good they were against us. Um, I think in in all fairness, Neil. We we were pretty pretty crap that day, um, but but yeah, I know I know we were poor. He did go on and, and say that. To be fair to him, um, it is a tough tough league. Anyone can beat anybody. Yeah, Tom, I, I know we mentioned it slightly earlier, but let's get into the Doncaster game. Um, yeah, I, I I suppose that yeah, we certainly can't and shouldn't be going there with an attitude of they're gonna they're gonna go and roll over for us. No, and as you say, like League Two is so hard to predict you know like when it comes down to form form doesn't really matter at this stage because we're still fighting our feet a little bit um you know we wouldn't have thought about going and beating Stockport the way the way that we did and and at the same time we wouldn't have thought that we'd get completely turned over by Colchester at home so um we can't go there and, and and go well you know they've only won one I think they won their first game of the weekend didn't they so um you know, you look at Sutton, they, they thrashed Notts County on, on, on the opening day and haven't won a game since. So you just can't can't call it in this league. Um, we've just got to go there and, and you know, maybe have a bit, bit of a physical battle, which I'm sure that we're more equipped to do this, this time around. Um, Doncaster teams in the past have played really good football. I don't think they're at that point yet because they're quite low on confidence. Um but Grant McCann's a decent manager. Like he's, they're they're not gonna gonna go down with him at the helm, you know. Um, 
I'm sure Donny fans will probably expect them to be at the higher end of the table. Um, but that will come in time, you know. I just think we've got to go and do our job. You know, we, we realistically know that recently if we've gone a goal ahead, we've been very good at holding on to those leads and, you know, seeing games out. The the issue normally is if we go a goal down, uh, have we got the the kind of the mentality and the cap- capability to rescue a point or to come back and win? Um, but realistically, yeah, if we go there... We should have the quality on paper to beat them, but as you know, league two is not not on paper, is it? It's it, it's a very hard hard league to predict. But um, I'm normally pretty passive when it comes to making predictions because I think if we go there with the expectation that we're going to win and then we get turned over, people are going to come out and go, "Well, you know, Neil Harris, this, this you know." Realistically, we have to to treat them as equal until we get into the match and and. And, and hope that we've got enough to go over the line. So, yeah, I would like to say that, that we, we should beat them, but we just need to, to focus on our game first and then let the rest speak for itself. Yeah, Lewis, how are you feeling about this weekend? Uh, yeah, first of all, I want to apologise to, to Doncaster slash Doncaster fans because I said they were bottom. I didn't realise they'd actually managed to get off the bottom. So that's good for their fans because... As you guys say, I don't think they will expect to be at the bottom end of the table come the end of the season. They've started poorly. I'm sure they will get better. Um, I understand what, what Tom's saying in terms of you know not taking the game for granted. I think we absolutely shouldn't shouldn't do that. I think we should um, you know be wary of what can happen. We've already seen what can happen when we play lesser teams on paper this season. Um, but at the same time, as I said earlier, I like to take more of the approach where. <clears throat> we have a bit more of an alpha mentality, if you like, where even if the league table is a bit false at the minute because we're only seven games in or whatever, seven, eight games in, um, you know, we've got ambitions at the top end of the table. I'm sure Doncaster will be hoping for more than a relegation fight this season, but us at the top end of the table looking for promotion, we should be going there confident of winning, um, expecting a result. I don't think that necessarily means taking the game for granted. I don't think that necessarily means um, taking Doncaster lightly. You absolutely shouldn't do that. They've got a decent squad, to be fair to them. Um, as I say, I think they'll finish a bit better. But I would like to go with the mentality of we're the league leaders, we're the pace setters. You know, we're playing a, a team that's down there. We, we're going to win this game comfortably. Um, as I said earlier, I don't think Harris approaches games like that. I think he expects every game to be tight and and nitty gritty, I suppose you can you can see that in the way we perform and the way all well, the words he says in the media a lot of the time. But that's the way I'd like to do it. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm expecting a result. And as I said, I don't think there's any reason anyone else shouldn't be either. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, Tom. Um, if you were in Neil Harris's position on Saturday. Looking at the obviously the injury problems that we have got, what team would you go for? I think it's sort of pick itself now, especially with with Lapsley being out. You know, I I personally would be an advocate of playing a four, a four, four three one two maybe. But I guess what that would mean is that you'd have someone like Mahoney maybe maybe playing out of position. I want to see us play with two strikers. I think if you play with two strikers especially, say, Bond and Nadison, for example, then someone someone like Nadison away from home is a perfect outfit because if you need to release the ball quickly on a counter-attack, you've got him with natural pace 
to get in behind defenders and cause them problems. I think if you play with one up front away from home, you run the risk of just sitting in. And, you know, bond Bond's not got the pace pace about him. He's, he's a strong hold-up player and will bring others into play. But I realistically would like us to play with two. Whether or not Neil will is, is, another, is another matter. Um, but I would like to see us go with the same back four, a midfield three of the Coleman, Sean Williams, and maybe Johnny Williams in there too. Um, but I'd like a, I'd, I'd like to see us eventually go go for a front two. Um, but whether or not that that will happen remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I think. The, the back five pretty much picks itself. We are a little bit light in midfield, aren't we, with, you know, Dieng and Jeffries and Lapsley all now being out. Um, I'm sure I've probably missed somebody out realistically, but kind of the first 11, I think, pretty much picks itself. Maybe putting McKenzie in there as, as another, you know, sort of extra legs in, in, in a midfield situation, allowing Johnny Williams and, and Mahoney to be kind of more forward thinking. Um, but yeah, I think I would personally go with the same... Same back five, Coleman and Williams to 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 protect it, and then the rest of those um, players can be attacking. But as I say, you know we are a bit thin on the ground, and and Neil, and Neil has mentioned that during the week that we are looking a little bit, you know, lighter due to due, due to injuries. So we still got a really good first eleven, no matter what team 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 that he he has put out on Saturday. Lewis, what would you go for then on Saturday afternoon team wise? Yeah, it's a weird one, really, because I would also like to see two up front, but I also think we've played our best football in a 4-2-3-1 this season. Um, I think, again, the back five picks itself. Um, Turner, Alexander, Masterson, Ogie and Malone. Ethan Coleman is an absolute must in midfield for me. Um, potentially our player of the year so far up there with um, Ogie, I think, and, and Scott Malone, probably. Um, Shout-out to Jake Turner as well, I suppose, but Ethan Coleman, number one name on the team sheet, in my opinion. And then Sean Williams as well. And then I think, you know, I'd have Johnny Williams and Conor Mahoney in there either way. Um, if we were to play a, a diamond, I don't think Mahoney probably gets in, but I think he's our most creative player, one of our best attackers, and obviously scored a fantastic goal. So he's 100% got to play. Um, so I'll go him and Johnny Williams and, and Bond. And then I suppose there's one name left, and that's either... Got to be Jaden Clark or um, Ashley Nadison, in my opinion. I don't know how fit Tom Nichols is now. Um, if he's if he's struggling a little bit, maybe then you know another bench appearance wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I like the idea of playing Nadison's pace away from home as well with the way we often approach it. Um, and I also think he's, he's you know his work rate and his pace in general is a huge asset to us. Um, him and Bond, I think, would make a good partnership. So I think it just depends if you want to go to up front or. Or play Jalen Clark because I think has not been his best the last couple of games, but we've seen what he can do. Uh, he came on and played centrally, which I was quite surprised by against uh, Morecambe because watching Johnny, excuse me, watching Johnny Williams out wide makes me want to pull my hair out. But he did have a better game at the weekend, so I suppose whether it depends whether you want to go over four four two and play play Williams out wide or. Or you want to you want to go with a um, a four two three one and play Clark Williams and Mahoney behind Bond, which I think I'd probably go for again. Um, is that unchanged? I think it probably is unchanged, isn't it, from from the Morgan game? So 
yeah, that's what I'd go with, I think. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Madison in the team and seeing a four four two. I think we've we've played better with the four two three one. Um but I also would like to see two striking on the pitch. So it's a hard one, I don't really mind either way, but I think if it was my choice I'd go with the one up front. Jaden Cart's an interesting one, I think, for me, because he's got so much promise and he's he's one of the one of the most exciting footballers at that football club. I just felt Saturday he at times proved why Neil doesn't trust him from the start on a regular basis. The amount of times that he gave the ball away in different kind of areas where an experienced player might necessarily not was quite interesting. But yet then you flip it to the you flip it to the Harrogate game and the Luton games where he's coming he's 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 coming off the bench and he's running at tired defenders and he's He's quick. He's lively. I suppose Tom. Yeah, how do you feel about Jaden at the moment and and his development in this dual side? It's difficult, really, because like some some players out there are just are, are game changers, but they're game changers from the bench. I, I'm old enough to to remember. You know, I'm sure people on this on this podcast will will will, will remember John Hodge who was legendary kind of coming off the bench as a winger and changing games, but he rarely ever started because he just didn't have the same impact. He was somebody who could come on and add a bit more pace. You know, within the, I think the first minute against Harrogate, he, he changed the game for us. He made us hacking runs. He was dangerous on the wing. Um, like Lewis said, I, I was surprised to see him play centrally. I don't think that's where he's, he's best off. Um, it's difficult because it, we've also got to remember he's only been playing in the football league for the best part of a part of a year or so now, and even that's been you know sparing kind of you know occasional appearances from the bench and nothing else. So he's he still needs time to adapt to the physicality of the football league, especially League Two, which is quite a physical league anyway. And I guess with that, there's the argument that you put of no one can really consistently impact a team if you get 10 minutes every game, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and you're going into a pressure situation. But ultimately, he also was put in from the start away at Grimsby and nobody there, from what I I gather from, you know, people's feedback, played well. So... No, no, you're right. (laughs) It's tough with Jaden because he's, he's got a lot of good you know, potential, but we need to use him in the right way. And I, I guess you're down if you do, down, down if you don't, because it, if you play him from the start and he makes no impact, people say, oh, well, that was a waste of a position. But if you don't play him enough, people say, well, well let's, you know, how are we ever going to know whether, whether he's ready um, whether he's ready or good enough? So it's difficult, but um, I would like, like to see him more, but I do think he needs to play wide and necess- not necessarily Harris's you know, part of Harris's mandate is to play with, with width. We haven't got a lot of width. We haven't got a lot of pace in the team. And Clark stands out as someone who has both of those in his locker. So is he potentially not getting looking wide? Because that's not that's just not the way that Neil Harris sets his team up. It's an interesting one. Neil Harris might not have an option this weekend, to be honest, with the with the injury problems that we've got. Lewis, what's yeah, what's your opinion on on Jaden, Tom makes an excellent point of 
almost damned if you do, damned if you don't, where if you play him if you play him too much and he doesn't make an impact, yeah, then 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 I guess that, that Neil's Neil slated. <laughs> if he doesn't play him enough, Neil's slated because he's not playing them enough. <laughs> How do you feel about the situation, Lewis? Yeah, I do really like him. I think he'd, he'd do well to find a Jules fan that doesn't doesn't rate him. Obviously, he was a, he was a non-league find, and you know it's a really important point as well that it is, you know, he's not even played a year in the football league, is he? So that's an important thing to note as well. Um, I thought he was going to play a bit more centrally. He's done really well out wide. I think his best position is out wide. Um, so yeah, I'd li- I'd like that to swap if he does come in from the start with with Johnny Williams. I think before the Grimsby game, there was a lot of calls and shouts for him to play because I think people were left a little bit frustrated by Johnny Williams' role. Not that it was necessarily his fault, but we know he's one of the best attacking midfielders in Europe. He's been one of the best attacking midfielders in the Football League over his career. Um, you know, he's played in international football at an incredibly high level, I suppose, if you take that Euro comp- campaign into consideration. and. It was just a bit frustrating to see him playing out wide where he wasn't as involved in games as he perhaps would have liked to have been. Um, I think him and George Lapsley were a lot better at the weekend. So it's un- it's a shame that Lapsley's now injured because seeing them two together, giving them a bit of confidence would have been nice. But yeah, on, J- on Jalen Clark, I think there were a lot of calls for him to play that, Grim- that play building up to the Grimsby game and then he did start the Grimsby game disappointed again like everyone did and it was almost as if Harris could have gone well yeah I told you like this is why he's not been playing sort of thing but then again as you said James you take the the cup games you take the Harrogate game and how how he how he changed things and impressed and you just think like that's what you want to see so he's been a bit inconsistent I think he struggled at the weekend I think he struggled a bit against Leighton Orient but then he was fantastic when he came on against Harrogate he was fantastic earlier in the season you know he's still a project He's not the finished article, but he does have a bit of pace, a bit of confidence, a bit of, um, I don't know what the word is, but you know the way sort of players play before they have certain things coached out of them. He has a bit of that in a positive way. And he's a great asset to the club. Um, again, if he's not consistent and he doesn't warrant a starting place, but then you'll, again, you almost want to play him because you know what he can do. So, again, for me, I don't mind if he starts or not. I think, for me, the 11th man choice would be between him and Ashton Nadison at the weekend. But um, he's a good tool to have, and I suppose it's about coaching through the season, making him better. And yeah, I think it's a great signing and a very good player for for our squad. And you know, no complaints. A bit of inconsistency, but that's expected at his age and experience. So yeah, nothing nothing wrong for me. And again, I don't mind if we see him in the lineup or not on on Saturday. Okay, let's get your two predictions to round it off then. Tom, what are you going for on Saturday? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cliche, but it's got one nil written all, written all over it in it. And um, for once, I'm going to say that it's going to be on in our favour. Um, I can't see it being a goal fest. Doncaster may may have won last week, but they're still, you know, their league position doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in in the way that they've been playing. But they have been losing narrowly this season. They've not been been you know been beaten left, right, and centre by three, four, five goals mostly. So. Um, I'll go for a one nil away win, and I will go for the goal scorer being. Oh, here we go. This is tougher than the actual prediction itself. Um, I will go for a Tom Nichols winner from the bench. Oh, wow! Not, not with his head though. That's already <laughs> happened. 
Okay, uh, Lewis, what are you going to go for? Yeah, it's quite a hot take from the time of the 1 0 win. Um, I've seen that this season. I'm going to go 2 1 because um, we spoke a lot about tonight, obviously, about not blowing teams away, grinding out results. Um, I think we're going to win. Um, I'll go 2 1. I think a lot of people have a lot of memories of Doncaster. Right? I don't know if it's because we played them on the first game a couple of years um, over the last last few years. Um, I'm going to go 2 1. Jill's definitely predicting us to win. And uh, yeah, goal scorers. I'm going to go McCauley Vaughan to get off the mark and Sean Williams for me. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we'll run it off here tonight then. Uh, yeah, the duels head to Lowly Doncaster on Saturday afternoon to keep to try and keep up. Um, yeah, the excellent start to the season and to, and to try and keep um, top of the tree. We will be bringing our post-match pod on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, um, enjoy the rest of the week. Um, and uh, and yeah, we'll catch you all on, on Saturday evening. Good night. Up the jewels.